Hey, welcome to today's episode of the Half of This Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Daniel Martinez. Today I have a special guest, Garrett. What part of the country are you from, Garrett? Yeah, man, Southeast Virginia, like near Virginia Beach area. Virginia Beach. I yeah. like, my brother lives in uh, Dumfries outside of Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, it's crazy humid here, like, I guess, everywhere in the country, it feels like right now, but it's beautiful. Yeah. I, that West Virginia, Virginia, like the mountains, it's very, very beautiful. Um, Absolutely. Um, I haven't been up there in a while, but it's, it's a nice, nice scenery. You'll need to come. You need to come. <laughs> Don't they all say that, right? We all try to pitch our own states. So like, yeah, I haven't been to the mountains in a while either, <laughs> even though it's pretty close to me. Yeah. I haven't, I have my brother lives in Virginia. I haven't been to his house probably in like seven years. Nice. He usually, <laughs> he usually comes to me or my other family, and then I'll go to them. So I'm originally That's from cool. Chicago. So whenever we okay. visit, he'll go to Chicago, and I'll go to Chicago. Then nice. That's, That's awesome. That's but, maybe a little better than Dumfries. No offense to anybody listening from Dumfries. <laughs> I'd probably choose Chicago also. Oh, man. All right. But so this is a real estate show. Let's talk about your real estate, man. One thing I love. I love about your 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 faith based and you're trying to build your own niche around faith. And I really mm-hmm. don't talk about religion a lot, but I respect it. So mm-hmm. let's talk about a little bit about your real estate background and how the faith and religion and business came came cohesively. So yeah, how- sure, yeah, so I started in June of twenty fourteen. Okay. And started on a team, was there for a year and nine months ish, and then left and started my own team in t- March twenty sixteen. So are you a broker? Nope. Just part of Keller Williams. I've got a small team of agents, not a broker. Okay, okay, okay I nope. got you. So what's what's the whole combination of like combining faith and real estate? Yeah, that, man. Our community. Yeah, well, so and and the faithful agent component is actually a separate coaching and training company. My real estate business has just been a hundred percent by referral since day one. I didn't grow up here, uh, and I can dive into whatever you want me to dive into. But it wasn't until early, really, kind of the June of twenty twenty two where I looked around and saw for me as a Christian, I was looking for a community of agents specifically for Christians to see if I can network with like like-minded like people, excuse me, and I didn't find it. So, you know, like the entrepreneur that I am, uh, good and bad sometimes, I decided just to start it and uh, create a place where it, certainly anyone can come and be challenged in the course that we have. Plenty of people have bought it and been encouraged by it that aren't Christians or of the Christian faith. But uh, specifically for the Christian community to come and grow their business, grow their faith, that's the hope and that's the desire of what we do with the faithful agent. Okay. How are you combining the two? Because I guess that's the mm-hmm. big question. Like how, do, how do you combine the two of being, is it like your ethics or, or just your, how, you, how you react to people in the business space? Because I think most business can be very mud throwing <laughs> and real estate can get really in the, in, in the, in the muck <laughs> really quick mm-hmm. sometimes. No so, doubt. How how are you like? How, how do you combat that? Um, yeah, I mean it's tough, right? No doubt, I would certainly be lying if I said I've never, you know, been rude to an agent or been frustrated at an agent, right? I mean, I think that it's a recognition that we constantly have to remind ourselves. My natural reaction, typically, especially in heated moments, is going to be rude or sinful to that person, and so I need to pause for a second, think about. All right, do I really want to say what I'm about to say? Now I might really want to say it, but should I say what I what I really want to say, right? How do I 
come alongside them and say, hey, I know you're frustrated. Let's work this out, right? Can we have a conversation over this? And being, it's difficult. Quite honestly, Daniel, it's difficult because sometimes it feels like you're just getting beat up a lot. And as someone who is trying to be a peacemaker, you know, there's plenty of agents that just try to steamroll you. And those aren't easy scenarios, right? I'm also going to have a spine. So no, I'm not going to let them steamroll me. I think most of it is what I've learned over the past nine years is I just address it very much head on. And so, for example, if we're just in the, you know, if someone's really frustrated or agent, whatever, I'll just say, hey, can we pause for a second? It sounds like you're super frustrated about something. Can you explain to me what that is? Right. And, you know, I've got four little kids, six, four, two, and three weeks old. (laughs) So I'm used to dealing with that kind of stuff head on. You know, they're frustrated about something and having just to talk to them and try to control my own emotions in that scenario is difficult. And I certainly don't do it right all the time. But I think it's the same way in negotiating or working with a client or an agent or whatever. You got to just try to hit it head on. Tell me what's really going on, right? I want to understand. I want to see if we can help each other. And sometimes we're not on the same page. Sometimes we are. But I think if you can control your emotions, it really does create a better outcome. So I I, I I like this conversation because I think a lot of negotiations and as, I mean, your your day-to-day life, I think, comes with like how you can how you control your inward your inward self i think as a whole because mm-hmm. like if, if you come <laughs> if you come like always aggressive you kind of seem like the asshole so mm-hmm. it's, it yep. can be very it can be very it can be construed harshly depending on how you react yep no doubt yeah i mean i think and we've all heard you get more bees with honey right but i think the reality is as a as a the top producing agents right know how to put a deal together. And very rarely is it the one who just hammers home, hammers home, hammers home to be the one that comes out on top, right? I mean, our job, the whole point of having an agent is so that the seller and buyer emotions are separate out of the transaction and the two agents can come together level-headed and figure it out. So yeah, I mean, I think it's a recognition of number one, that I'm going to do things wrong too, right? I'm going to make mistakes. There's going to be frustrations on their part. show is sponsored by HiveMind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. That are legitimate. There's going to be frustrations on their part that, you know, I always try to think a little bit deeper you know, I, I don't know all the agents. I'm not going to get to know everything about every agent, right? But, yeah. you know, it's it would be unfair for me to say, well, they're just a jerk. Well, what if they had a really bad day with, you know, their their kid or, or they're going through something tough with their spouse or a parent or whatever? It'd be completely unfair of me to just assume 
that everything's fine in their life. They're just being a jerk about it, right? So trying to be empathetic, even if I don't know what's going on and, and listen and hear them out. Again, I'm not perfect at that by any stretch of the imagination, but I think if we can put ourselves in the other person's shoes, makes a world of difference and try to get on their team and see what we can work out together. Do you feel you have the upper hand because you're operating the way you operate? I don't know. If, I mean, sure. I'm sure I do. I actually have never thought about it that way. I, I think that the person that can control themselves the best is typically going to come out on top for sure. You know, we, we all know agents that are highly emotional or, or uh, you know, jump back and forth between highs and lows and all over the place. And I think that's just a recipe for burnout, number one. But also, number two, if I can control the emotions and the swings and just be pretty steady, uh, you know, consistently, then I'm going to win. You know, when I'm teaching, I often say consistency equals consistency and inconsistency equals inconsistency, right? That's the nature of business. So even if your emotions are inconsistent, your business probably will be too. But if your emotions are consistent, if you are pretty level headed, your business will probably be that too. So does it give you a leg up? I think it does overall. In terms of business building and then certainly productivity when you're trying to work something out on behalf of your, you know, whatever your buy or sell or whatever you're trying to do. Okay. I gotcha. No, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. I I feel like I, I haven't been religious in a long time, but I still operate in that mode just because the mm -hmm. way I brought up. So that's mm -hmm. why I, like, I, I, I'm not afraid of conversations and like things have changed yeah. personally. But um, for me, it's one of the things where like I still, hold myself to a standard, even though I'm not necessarily 100% religious. But. Yep. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. As we all should, right? At the end of the day, I mean, if there's no moral foundation to what you're trying to do, then man, does that fall apart quickly? Or you end up trying to play whatever role you think the people around you want you to play. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a recipe for burnout too. How in the world does anybody do that effectively and try to show up a certain way to everybody? How do you remember who you are supposed to be when you show up, right? Have a moral foundation and, and stay consistent as best you can. I mean, I think that's the key to just being consistent in anything, right? Hard. It's hard. But if you don't have any kind of solid foundation, that's, I don't know how anybody would do that, right? That's almost impossible. Yeah. It, it can get moved, moved really quick. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Do you feel some people portray, portray like Christianity or falsely with a false narrative as leverage in different situations? Mm -hmm. I know it's a hard question. Oh. No, sorry. Did you, did you, what was the question on it? Do, do people, do you feel like some people portray oh. themselves with a false narrative just to get the other upper hand in negotiations? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely frustrating. You know, even the Bible tells us to not do that, to not use the Lord to, to try to gain an advantage, right? Or, or for our own gain It is to try to bring glory to him by how we operate and what we do. And uh, yeah, there are plenty of people that will, use the name of Jesus and use it and try to get business and find people that are similar. And yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely frustrating. I think anyone would feel that way, right? If you were to say, you know, hive mind represents X, Y, and Z, and then you know the person does not represent that at all, but it's going to help their brand. So like, yeah, that's me too. You know what I mean? You just get frustrated by you know, you for you guys, you've created, for me, it's I believe and know these set of realities and I want to hold to those. And if someone's taking advantage of that just for their own gain, absolutely, that's frustrating, right? Now, at all times, we all try to 
take advantage of stuff for our own gain. That's how humans are wired. Doesn't mean that's always the right thing. Yeah. And so I'm not going to hate that person by any means, but yeah, I'd like to have a conversation with them if that's the case. And I have for some people just to try to talk them through and say, Hey, why are you doing this? Let's talk about it. What does it mean? What you're trying to represent, you know, depending on that conversation. Hmm. So let's, I, man, I, I love, I love, I love your answers. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's refreshing. It's refreshing. That's why I'm asking hard questions. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good, man. Bring them on. I like it. <laughs> Let's talk about a little about your, you, you said you have a podcast. What's your podcast called? Yep. So it's called The Faithful Agent, believe it or not, just like the coaching and training business. So uh, it's for Christians in real estate. Same thing. Look at that, man. You're telling me how cool that is. You can pop stuff up. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I need to get this system. But yep, The Faithful Agent podcast, and then the company is faithfulagent.com. Okay. What's your like... What type of audience are you looking for? What what do you want to educate through your podcast? Yeah, man. So it is for anyone, any Christian in the real estate space in general. So lenders, title company, I mean, it's really anybody, but specifically agents, lenders, title company, people that really live in the space that we're in. I think it specifically encourages them. And we talk about, you know, specific lead generation tactics from a biblical perspective. You know, we got an upcoming conference. We did one in March. We've got another one in October, October 17th in Northern Virginia. And uh, so it's just to encourage them from this certain biblical perspective, because again, the whole reason it started is because I went out to try to find it and yep. couldn't. So I was like, all right, well, I guess we should do this. And my business partner, Tyler, who is my closest friend, he was actually a professional baseball player for 10 years, incredible guy. And, you know, again, entrepreneur, good and bad, uh, right, Daniel? I, uh, I told him, I think it was in July of last year, I told him, hey, we should do a conference. And he was like, all right, that's a pretty good idea. You know, and he's very like much slower to make decisions in a good way, in a good way and bad way, I guess. But, and I don't think about most things, right? Because I'm optimistic about everything. Yeah. And I called him the next week and I said, hey, dude, guess what? I booked a hotel for a conference. He's like, wait, wait a minute. We didn't even decide we were doing a conference. I was like, I think we should do a conference. Let's do a conference. And we knew nothing about it. And we figured it out, man. Lots of people came around and it was awesome. So uh, anyways, doing another one. So it's that whole idea, a place for Christians in this space to come together and, and know they can learn and grow together. I mean, I think that's really important. So I gen and I for, for me, I generally steer away from politics and religion. But the reason why I, 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 ha- I decided to have this podcast for everybody here listening is I push people to create and I love supporting community no matter where mm. it comes from. So it wasn't necessarily, this isn't necessarily like my, my, my normal podcast episode that I do, but mm-hmm. I, I saw the need for community and I saw the need for being niche down and for just doing a good thing, no matter what, no where, what sector it comes from, even if something I'm not a hundred percent behind, I still want to yeah. support it because it's a good thing. And yeah, a lot of people, cool. even you said it, it's just, there's nothing out there like that. So you, you created it. And I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing, accommodation yeah. to you. Is that yeah, if, you see a pro- if you see a problem, fill the need. Yeah. Not everybody. Yeah, I love that. Not everybody can do it, but it's it's a it's a different type of respect for people that fill the need. 
Yeah, I mean, hundred uh, percent. I love that, and you know, I teach, and and I'm actually working on a book right now, and it's a formula for lead generation, and it's the PDA formula because I think it's funny because I remember high school and PDA was like, oh, the PDA, that's disgusting, you know. Anyways, there's nothing to do with that, but the A is aligned. Does it align with you, right? And I think a lot of people miss that in business and real estate. Certainly, they miss like, hey, are you actually wired to do this, right? That there's this false idea, false belief that I. I've got to do what the industry tells me to do. That's how I succeed, right? So I'm going to go door knock and open house and buy leads and referrals and all the different things. And it, it leads to a lot of agents feeling like they're not good enough or incapable. And I certainly believe, I, you know, Albert Einstein is the one that said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing it's stupid, right? It wasn't made to climb a tree. It was made to swim. But in real estate and in business in general, but we're, we are trying to tell a lot of fish that they need to go climb a tree. And when they can't, they're like, I'm failures and I can't do this, right? I think people need to recognize in in and of themselves what aligns with me and I'm going to build my business that way. But to your point, Daniel, which I absolutely 100% agree with, but then also know that there are tons of networks out there already, but plenty of people who don't align with any of them, right? It's a false uh, idea to say that there's enough out there that you know they can find their place. Well, I couldn't. Right. And and being a Christian in real estate, it's not a there's a pretty large group of us, and yet there wasn't anything, right? So don't tell yourself that the way you're wired and who you are, that other people don't align with that and want to be part of what you're doing too. So I agree with you one thousand percent, man. I love that that's your heart behind it. I, I think it's like a, le- a leader a leader is always going to find fill the need that comes up and presents itself in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things I like about your alignment thing is that you shouldn't have to do everything. There should mm-hmm. be something that you excel at, your God-given gift that you were given, and you should mm-hmm. find and really hone in on that gift, and that should be your goal. Mm-hmm. Not, everybody, right. not everybody has the the wherewithal to be a CEO. Not everybody wants mm-hmm. to be, or not everybody wants to be, but there's – Yep. There's there's points and positions that were set for you based off of your God-given gift. Absolutely, hundred percent. And I and you know, when I talk to people about my story, uh, I started with forty people in my database. I'm not from here. I've only ever done referrals, and I've never bought a lead or done an open house even or cold called or door knocked ever in nine years. And I've sold over five hundred fifty houses just by relationships, right? And what I tell people is, if I if I, and now I went to those classes to try to learn how to do those things, but I had at least enough awareness to say, this just isn't who I am. And if in five years from now, I have a big business built on X, Y, and Z that doesn't fit me, I'm not even going to like the business that I have. So that doesn't make sense. So I at least had enough wherewithal to say, I'm going to build it by relationships. But I tell people all the time, if, if I had uh, believed what the industry had told me, which is you got a cold call, whatever, 300 people a day, I wouldn't be here still. I'd be burnt out. Like I would have quit because it wouldn't have worked. Because if it aligns with you, you're going to be naturally more consistent and you're going to be better. You just will be better at it, right? Uh, but if I had to do something that was counter to who I was, I wouldn't be that good and it would burn me out quickly and I would be pretty inconsistent about it. I probably wouldn't even be in the industry still, right? So part of my big passion is helping agents understand that you don't have to do what the industry tells you to do. You need to figure out who am I and go find a way to build a business that way. There's plenty of people who have already done it, right? Or pay a blaze your own path. You know, at the end of the day, exactly what you're talked about. I love you said earlier, like niching down to really understand, excuse me, who you are and who needs what you 
what you have and who you are. At the end of the day, like your job is not to do business with everyone, but business with people who believe what you believe. And how are they ever going to do that if you're not honest about who you are, right? There's lots of people that want to work with, you know, so-and-so that lives in Chicago and is this specific way, because guess what? It just connects with them. You know, I can't connect with the people you can, and you can't connect with the people I can maybe. And there's a lot of people that want to work with you, but you're trying to be like everyone else. And that doesn't even make sense. And so I think really understanding the alignment of how was I wired? What am I made to do? I'm just going to go do that well. And if I do that well, I think I'll build a business. And there's lots of examples of how that worked. But you know, I think that's really, really important to just be super honest. This is who I am and build, build a business this way. And I'm not going to listen to what everybody tells me to do. Not that there's not good wisdom. You know, Have, have wisdom and discernment there. But I'm not just going to go do what they tell me to do because I'm supposed to. That doesn't make sense. Nor is that a good business plan if it's going to burn you out and you're not going to succeed. I really want to dig in on this because I've never heard, I mean, I've, I've seen it before people build business on networking, but how have you built your business on network without marketing? Because mm-hmm. I know how I did it because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I did it in my own way too. And mm-hmm. it, it didn't start that way. It kind of developed over time and you kind of, mm-hmm. kind of learn along the way, but how did you do it? Yeah, man. So, uh, I think the truth. So I'll give you some numbers and stuff uh, that, uh, or, or some statistics that are going to help. But you know, I'm really fortunate. So I stepped out of production a year and a half ago, and I only have one agent and one admin. So very, very small team. I just got to the point where it's, I want to see spend more time with my kids. So I'm going to figure out a way out. And yeah. real numbers. Last year, we spent ten grand total for the year on marketing, and our GCI was nine hundred thousand dollars. Right, we got a nine thousand percent return on our investment into lead generation. And the the numbers, as I started to understand it, as I was building, I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning. Right, I was just yeah. oh, work by relationship, and thankfully it worked. It started started to work. It took me six months to get a deal, but the average. So I'll give you a few stats. The average person knows two hundred fifty six people. Okay. So I've got a database of you know just shy of 300 people and that generated 69 closed transactions last year. So people ask how you did that. Well, average person knows 256 people. My database then of 300 people reaches 75,600 people. You know, 300 by 256. And according to NAR, I've got a 91% chance to convert any of those 75,000 people that get referred to me, right? I'm going to convert them. The math is there. I can serve 300 people really well and through them have a massive reach, right? They're the ones that are actually out there generating business for me. I'm just caring for my people. And then when someone says, you know, uh, got a referral yesterday. Hey, Daniel, uh, I want to introduce you to Garrett. He's a great guy. He's going to take good care of you to help you buy a home. Right? No one's talking about you're the number one agent in town or, or have the great market. They don't know. They just say he'll take care of you. Right? What they really want is you can trust this guy. He's going to do a good job. Cool. And man, we convert those all day. Right? Number one, it's it's where the leads come from. That's the biggest piece of this. And so on the flip side, right, a lot of agents business is the inverse of that, which is I need to go cold call, you know, 75,000 people. I have no idea how long that would take, right? But try to cold call 75,000 people in hopes that I get a one or 2% conversion. And even there, those relationships aren't fully built on trust. So it's just, it's harder, 
right? So that work is harder. The math is more difficult. It's more expensive. And I'm not knocking anybody that does that. All I'm saying is most of the time we forget about the relationships we already have in search of the new one. And my pitch and my explanation to them is all I've done is care for people consistently, right? And I can walk through my entire system, whatever you want me to do, happy to share. But all I've done is consistently show up for my people. And because of that, they've consistently showed up for me and they send me friends and they send me people they, uh, you know, they work with whatever. And when that person shows up, we convert them and we close them. And, you know, I need, uh, last year, me and my, my agent did 86 deals. I needed 87 appointments to get 86 deals, right? The conversion is amazing. The lifestyle is amazing because I'm not going on 300 to get 86. It's just a different way to do business. And focusing on the people that you care about most that already like you, they're the ones that want you to succeed. So don't forget about them. And the more that I teach, the more that I realize most people have forgotten about their database. And uh, and there's a lot of business to be had and relationships to be had there. Okay. I got a, I got a couple of questions with this one. So please. All right. Enough, right enough. How do you build, let's start off with the first 10 people. How do you build a relationship with the first 10 people and how do you sustain that relationship at small scale? Yeah, yeah, man. So the first thing I would tell anybody, because I get that a lot, is when you're starting off, is sit down with a blank piece of paper and write out the list of everybody you know, right? And then you're going to go through those. And it could be very small, right? I only had 40 people. I've helped people that started with 20. And you're going to go out to them and you're going to reach out and say, hey, Daniel, as you may or may not know, I'm in the real estate world now and I plan on biz- building my business by caring for people I care about most like you. So I was wondering if you had a friend or family member thinking of making a move, do you have an agent you refer them to, right? That's your qualifying question. If they say, no, great. I'd love to be that agent. And then you get their phone number, email, home address. Now you've got a database. If they say, yeah, I've already got someone. Great. Don't put them in your database. Once you have those people, then the first step after that, so the second step that you got to understand is most people are wired to only remember you in one context. Okay. Right. So I, you know, so I started and I was an assistant director of admission in, at the university I graduated from, and I was leading music at my church, right? That's how most people knew me. Well, for the first few months, I just wondered, why are my friends not using me? Why are they not referring me? Right? You come in, you think, I've got friends. They're definitely going to tell everybody about me. Well, the truth is, I'm thinking about them way more than they're thinking about me. Right? So I started to try to understand, why is it that they're not referring me? Well, again, I just did all this research to understand they recognize you in one context. So if you you know, you're at the grocery store and you see your doctor and you're like, who, why do I know them? Oh, that's my doctor, right? There's like that moment where you just don't remember because it's outside of the context. Well, what I started to realize was my friends aren't going to refer a music leader. My friends aren't going to refer a director of admission to help someone buy a house. I needed them to think about me as an agent. So to your question, those first 10 people, you need to first make sure they think about you in the proper way. How do you do that? How did I do that? For the next six months, once I figured that out, when I was talking to them in a business setting, right? Not every time I saw them, that would annoy them, right? But I would call them and say, you know, hey, Daniel's great seeing you at church yesterday. Hey, wondered if you had a quick minute to talk business. I wanted to share with you what's going on in the real estate market. So I would say business and real estate in every conversation for six months. Get them to think about you in the proper way. That's number one. 
Number two it yep, number two is then just love on them well. You know, I'm coaching people right now and they've got a small database and they say, you know, we just did a as of the recording of this, we did a client event on Saturday. We had a hundred and me and Jesse had 125 people show up for ice cream, right? Pretty easy to get them to come to ice cream in July though. So uh, that helps. But we had 125 people show up and my coaching clients, you know, might say, Well, I'm not gonna have that many people. Hey, that's okay. You reach out to your people, say, Hey. I'm getting started, but you guys are here at the beginning to help me build this thing. And I want you to know, I still am so grateful for you guys and your willingness to support me and my business. Can we go get some ice cream? I'd love to take you guys out, right? Hey, two people show up. That's awesome. Don't be discouraged, right? That's where it starts. And according to 256 average, you know, the average person knows 256 people, those two people know 500 people. And if you get a referral from any of them, you've got a 91% chance to convert. And that's how this builds. They'll introduce you to new people. You serve them. They'll introduce you to more people. You serve them, right? It just takes time. Nothing good is built in a day. It's going to take time for you to develop these relationships. But don't be discouraged by a small database. I had 40 people and I just love them well consistently over time, which again, I can get into the actual systematic approach if you if you want me to, happy to. But the reality, the mindset of it is these people still know people and they desire at the end of the day to be cared for well, more than your skill set, more than what you know about the real estate market. What they really want is to be cared for. And there's so much statistical data on how lonely people feel today and it's terrible. What they really want is you just to show up when they're ready to show up. Be present when they're present. And if you can do that, I promise you consistently over time, you will build a business. I've never met someone who's done that consistently and it didn't work. Relationships always work. It's whether or not you're going to be consistent or not. So I have a couple questions. I'm, I'm, I'm going down the line. How yeah, do you, you're, good. You're, you're, you're operating in a local market, so you're really heavy deep into local community because you're looking for local business as well. Mm -hmm. How do you do that at scale with 300 people? Mm-hmm. Because so again, factor two, like how do you love on that many people without yeah. de dedicating so much time to it? Yeah, man. So my actual numbers right now. And so, like I said, I've got one agent. He does all the deals. Um, I just generate business and mm -hmm. uh, we've got one admin. I spend two hours a week. That's it total on this business and how. So it's a 36 touch system. I did not create that idea, right? I just created my own version of the 36 touch that we teach and share and have a course on all that stuff. And it's really simple. You do, and I'll give you a super brief overview. Happy to dive into any of it. Sure. You do one mailer a month to everybody, one email a month to everybody. Those That's 24 touches total. Super, super low value. You just want to do it to stay in front of them. The real magic is we also will do a personal touch every single month. So mine's broken down into quarters, four quarters in a year, right? So the first quarter, uh, or the, excuse me, the first month of every quarter, I send a video text message to everyone in my database. Super simple. Hey, Daniel, happy July. I hope your summer's off to a great start, brother. Man, it was, you know, I missed you at the ice cream event or it was great seeing you at the ice cream event. Make sure you know that in September, we've got this awesome upcoming event too. We'd love to see you there. Hope all is well. Not about real estate. Super simple. 20 seconds and uh, knock it out to all, you know, everybody in my database. It takes, I don't know, four hours for the whole month. It's not, it doesn't take long, but it's that personal touch just being in front of them. The second month of the quarter, we write handwritten notes to everyone in the database. And then 25 of those 
most people receive a hand-delivered Popeye gift, and the gift's less than two bucks. And then the third month of every quarter, like we just did, is a client event. And so we invite everybody. That's really the time for me. So we do four client events a year. That's the time for me to see everyone all at once. And so I don't have to go out and see everybody individually. And so we just rinse and repeat that. So video text message, month one, note and Popeye, month two, client event, month three, and then we just repeat it over and over and over again, right? That's the quarter. So second quarter, same thing. Third quarter, same thing, right? And so the the secret of it, it's not a secret, but the, but the, the power of it is it's systematically being in relationship with them. You know, I, I often would say, Daniel, if someone said, hey, Daniel, you're my best friend and they don't call you for eight months, you're going to be like, no, I'm not, <laughs> right? You don't even talk to me. It's the people that consistently show up in someone's life. That's who they think about and that's who they know they can rely on. And I've had so many examples of, you know, four years of just being consistent with this system, staying in touch with someone. They never respond at all, ever, not once. And then they finally responded like, Garrett, I'm so sorry. I've never responded. I really appreciate you reaching out. We actually are getting ready to sell and buy. Can you help us? Right? It's the power of that relationship and the being the only one that's consistently showing up in their life. I like it. I like it. I like I like the it stays to who you are on brand and you don't have to overcomplicate it. One of the biggest things I think is cool is that you're using you're using nurture techniques to build them personally, whether they participate or not. And then the other thing I'll lost my train of thought here, but I like that it's it's a it's a good strategy for local for local for local businesses because it keeps everything everything personal. You're not having to spend a lot of time with each individual because I think it's a lot of thing. Like you, you think you have to do more personal conversations, but it's just just being top of mind and doing that that touches through your, right. your CRM multi touch program. No doubt, they want at the end of the day they want to refer you if they like you and they are like you. Right, it goes back to the alignment piece. So, for yeah. example. My agent last year was the second full year in the industry. He brought in about 30 of his own transactions. Second full year. We said at the very beginning of the year, all right, Jesse, let's let's focus your business more so on just who you actually are. And he loves to fish, right? I don't know anything about fishing, but he has a boat and he loves to fish. So great. We're going to build a business that way. He starts a Facebook group called Real, R-E-E-L, a play on fishing, right? Real estate. Had only 40 people, I think it was like 35 people in the group. Closed seven transactions from that group. Seven transactions from those 35 people. Why? Because he invited people in there who love to fish. And he showed them consistently or invited them to come fish, whatever. Hey, I'm like you. And so when they are ready to buy or sell a home, they don't know who's the best agent, right? Nobody. Uh, if somebody asked me if my dentist is the best dentist in town, I have no idea, right? I like him. That's pretty much all that I know. And so they've connected with Jesse over fishing. They like Jesse. They know Jesse is a real estate agent. So who are they going to call? Nobody wants to go interview the random people that they've never met and try to make a determination. Everyone, like you said, would love to have a guy, quote unquote guy, right? Someone top of mind. It's fun when someone says, hey, do you have a great you know, tree guy? Yes, I do. Let me introduce you, right? And then that tree person does a great job and they come back to you say, man, thank you so much for the recommendation. They're amazing, right? You feel good about it. And you're glad that your friend thinks more highly of you because you know good people, right? And so it is that reality of if they like you, they want you to win. They do. They want you to succeed. I want my friends to succeed, right? And so the depth of that relationship means when there's an opportunity for me to help them succeed or for them to help me succeed, they're going to do it. 
And I think that's the, it's, it's that simple. And now it's just how do we stay in touch with them consistently for them to feel that way? One of the things I really like about this is that no matter what your niche, it's, something, it's all about you and what you love to do because there's other people like you. You're not as much as you think as you're an individual. All of us run in our own little, all, our own little wheel of life that is very similar to other people. So mm-hmm. as, much, as much as you think is unique, there's other people like you, and you can target people just like you, and you're not having to go out of your comfort zone doing something you don't like doing. Absolutely, one thousand percent true. Right, you're, you're, man. I, I was in Maryland teaching, and this is pre-COVID. Right, everything so weird that it's been three years since COVID. Doesn't make any sense, right? But this is uh, 2019. I'm in Maryland teaching, and I'm, I'm right in the middle of the presentation, and a woman in the back starts crying, and I pause and I just say, "Hey, I don't want to put you on the spot, uh, but if you feel like it, would you share what's going on?" And uh, essentially, she said, "You know what, Garrett? I've been in this business for a year." And I'm a very relational person. I love people. I want to spend more time with people. But but I was told that I had to cold call for three hours a day. So I've done that every single day during the week, three hours a day for a whole year. And I hate it. And it's not working. And this is finally the first time that I feel like I can be myself right, and build a business that way. That's my mission when it comes to what I teach, when it comes to working on this book, when it comes to our podcast and everything. You are allowed to be yourself. In fact, you should be. And being yourself, you should be excited about being yourself and you can build a business by being yourself, right? One of my coaching clients, he just, he's in Texas, so it makes sense, right? He loves to grill meat. Like that's his thing. I don't know why that's his thing, right? His, his nickname is the ribeye realtor. Love this guy. And so I said, okay, great. Let's build a business that way. How are we going to do this? Well, what you're going to do is you're going to go find other people who just love grilling meat and trying good meats, right? And you guys are going to get together once a month and you're going to do a grill off quote unquote and you can provide x y and z and you're going to get to know these people over the shared common excitement and desire over this you know whatever it is whatever you desire this is this is me and you're going to have a deeper relationship with them because of that and they'll know you're an agent and when it's time for them to sell or when they have a friend that's going to sell they're not going to say go oh yeah go talk to that random person on zillow they're going to say oh my buddy david right? He's an awesome guy. He'll take care of you. That's what people actually say when they refer people, right? And so there's so much opportunity there that I think agents just miss. This is such a, this is, this kind of conversation turned a little bit, but I I love, I love the conversation as a whole, but what is a quote that is yours or somebody else's that you resonate with? I know you said a couple early on, you can mm-hmm. throw those again, but I'm sure you have another one because I think you're that type Man, of Man, yeah, I do love quotes. My wife makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> She's like, you have a quote for everything. Man, I, so I would say two. Can I do two? You can do two. Yeah, okay. All right, let's do two. I, I <laughs> okay. make the rules here. I make the rules here. That's right? right. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can click out of my screen if it's too many. Yeah, uh, and I'll know. No, so I would say the first one is, hey, thanks, man. Uh, I would say the first one is by Charles Kettering, who is an author. The only time you can't afford to fail is the last time you try. I love that quote because to me, it's as long as I give myself a long enough runway, I'm allowed to fail. It's totally okay for me to fail. Eventually, my plane will take off. And so the only time you can't afford to fail is the last time you try. And then number two is, I've heard it said that the definition of hell on earth is the person you could have become meets the person you became. The person you could have become meets the person you became. And that one's like, that's a gut punch right there. Right. But I think it's a reminder and encouragement to, I don't know what my potential is. I don't know your potential is, but I sure know that I haven't hit my potential. And so each day I should try to get a little bit better. 
right? And part of that means getting a little more aligned with who I am. And and so anyways, those two, I could go on forever, but those are probably two of my favorites. No, it's it's amazing. I love I love asking that question because there's a lot of them I haven't heard. I'm a quote person, so it's nice. nice. <laughs> Ask the quotes. <laughs> That's me. Hey, can you give me one of yours? I'm sure your audience has heard it, but what's your favorite quote? Um, one of them. This is I just uh, you build your audience. Uh, uh, you build you build your. I can't think of it right now. You build your, you build your credibility off the content you create. Hmm. It's good it's because good. No, no one knows who you are, what you represent, if you don't create it. Hmm. It's good. It's really good. And that one's mine just because I've seen it a lot. <laughs> and then the other one I like too is that you only have one name. You use it accordingly. Hmm. Wow. That's good too. So those, those, are like it. <laughs> those are my We should questions. do we'll, We should do a quote off on one episode and, oh, man, that, and this, that might take a while. Where can people find you online? I know we got thefaithfulasian.com. I think I think uh, the way you would do marketing as a whole, it's very specific. And this is like this. Is, I didn't expect to have a conversation about that today. I really didn't. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. For like you, I feel everybody has not. No matter who they are, what they are, everybody has a life experience that you can learn from. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot today, 100%. and I hope yeah. all the listeners did too. But where can people find you online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, yep, faithfulagent.com. They can go there. They can connect with our community. And that's where our course is. They can use promo code podcast, get 100 bucks off if you want. And that's just walking them through the entire system that I've used and, and built. And then they could just email me, Garrett, G A R R E T T, at faithfulagent.com. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you believe. I want to help. If you're in this industry, I want to help you figure out what's the best thing for you and your family and whatever your situation. So, yeah, please reach out in any way I can serve them. I want to do that. Yep. And like I said, I like this conversation because he's willing to help. It doesn't really matter what, what you look like, how you look like, or what you do. There's something, that, there's something that something that you could do in this business that'll work for you. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I learned today. Doesn't really, mm-hmm. doesn't really, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. 100%. Absolutely. It's amazing. Well, if you like this episode, go share, subscribe, go like, go follow faithfulagent.com. Go check it out. Go check out the podcast. I hope you learned a lot today. I know I did. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the next episode. Stay tuned. We'll see you next time, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Garrett, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, we hope you're enjoying this content. If you have leads that you need to dispo anywhere in the country, please visit HiveBC.io, like HiveBuyersClub.io, and we'll help you move those deals that you need to get into the marketplace.